from the creators who brought you RuPaul's Drag Race and Million Dollar Listing. This is World of Wonders Wow Report. Things that make us go wow. Hello everyone and welcome to this week's edition of the Wow Report, where we usually count down the top 10 topics of the week that make us go wow. But what makes this week different is, of course, we just had Thanksgiving. So this is our Attitude of Gratitude show in which we count down the top 10 things that we are most grateful for. And by we, I mean me, co-founder of World of Wonder, Fenton Bailey, joined by our Chief Creative Officer, Tom Campbell. Gobble, gobble. And of course, the legendary James St. James, editor of The Wow Report. That's me, past the stuffing. <laughs> so let's get straight into the countdown of things that we are grateful for in 19, in 19, what? In 1922? What is happening? That explains everything. I was so pleased I got the idea of 10, which would be followed by nine, that I got the wrong century. We're counting down the top 10 things we're thankful for in 2022. Number 10, Tom. Number 10. Uh, number 10 for me is a person. Um, some might call this person a woman, uh, a goat, the greatest of all time. I am talking about the one, the only, Nancy Pelosi. Um, yes, this week is timely because she's announced she's, she's going away. You know, she's not going to seek uh, leadership moving forward, a position in the Congress. And it's just been a flood. I've loved her before this moment, but it's been a flood of, of tributes uh, from both sides of the aisle how effective she has been. You know, she went into Congress in 1987. Now, I moved to L.A. officially in 1986, so she's, she doesn't represent me, my district, but she has been representing California the entire time I have lived here. It's like, you know, it just it hasn't, won't be the same without Nancy Pelosi. The other very shallow thing that I've learned, I've been reinforced through all this, is how beautiful a woman she is and was. She's strikingly beautiful. Now, now, I've had the great good fortune to meet her on two occasions when she came to uh, Drag Race, instead of Drag Race, and spoke to the Queens and Teru, which I have to say was, was um, I'd like to give us all the credit for thinking of all the good ideas, but I believe it was Nancy's office that reached out to us and said, we have an interest in being part of this, which I have to say, I know we're in our bubble, but that is a brave thing for a politician to do, to come on RuPaul's Drag Race, not once, but twice. She's thrilled to be there. She is so lucid, so beautiful, so personable, you know, and 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 the last time she was there was for All Stars, and she did what all politicians, are great ones, have to do, I guess, but she stood tirelessly without her mask on as we took pictures with our mouse on then off then back on just one after the other and we were so proud to have her there and she's such an inspiration she's also been an advocate for the lgbtqia since the very beginning there's incredible stories online to read about and i'm uh, what are your guys thoughts about Ms. Well, Nancy? i can't wanted... believe well, hold on no, 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 because the, the the thing is that you've just swum past yeah is that she more than any other politician in america stood up to trump in a way that was both funny and enjoy and meme worthy and when you saw her there's that picture of her you know shaking her finger at him and ripping up the the speech the all speech, those things i have that on a t-shirt even <laughs> yes and 
you, we know that Trump was always threatened by older, smart women. And she just leaned into that. And God bless her for it. And I think in her farewell speech, when she said, I have enjoyed working with three presidents, Clinton, Obama, and uh, uh, Biden. And she totally sailed past Trump. <laughs> it was She's just brilliant. I love her. Fenton? I only have a little postscript, which is I, I have not met Nancy, but uh, and sadly I couldn't have been on set both times she was there. But bless her and Darren, she made a video that she sent to me. She made a little bit of it. Hello, Fenton. I'm sorry you're not here. It's so nice to meet you. And I honestly, fuck me. I mean, really, you know. Well, but just for people who are like, why is she wasting her time doing a competition reality show? RuPaul's Drag Race is 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 like the the Super Bowl for the LGBTQ uh, you know yeah. population, and to remind us that we have value, which is what you does, remind you that your vote counts and that you have a voice. It's so important, you know, for yeah. for those of us who feel disenfranchised for lots of reasons, and yeah. and for her to take the time and the and take the political clout, you know, or risk it or whatever to talk to us and be with us, it's into into you know who would not go on Drag Race. Mitch McConnell, Matt Getz, Marjorie Taylor Greene, Lauren Boebert. Well, you know, I mean, honey, like, if they came of, on, they wouldn't make it out the door. They would be. <laughs> I, would, I, would I would welcome any Republican who wanted to come on our show and celebrate the Queen. Good for you. I, that's very big of you. Because this is yeah. the gratitude show. I know. You Thank are a better you, person. Closing. You are the best of us, John. You really are. <laughs> you are a better person than us. No question about that. <laughs> Let's move on to number nine, James. Number nine. Number nine, I am thankful for Jeopardy, which gives me so much joy. I, I, it is my favorite television show of all time, I think. This past week was the Jeopardy Tournament of Champions. In this past year, there have been some champions, some people who have had these winning streaks that are just absolutely gobsmacking. We, I, we've talked on the show about Amy Schneider who was the trans woman who came on the show and dominated like you have never seen anyone dominate before. Nobody gets a, a buzz in when Amy is playing. She does every question. She gets every single question right. There was this boy, Ryan Long, who was a big boy uh, Uber driver from Philadelphia. And he was so cute and so adorable. And he would... He had these come from behind victories that were so good. And I'm, I'm telling you all this because I have a life lesson that I've learned here. There is um, a, uh, Matea Roach, who is this girl, and she had these little fluttery hands. She was really cute. But my favorite in the Tournament of Champions is this kid, Andrew He, this little Asian boy. He's like probably 20, 21, something like that, just out of college. And he has this way of winning that's really gobsmacking to me. He, um, he finds the daily doubles, okay? And he, all or nothing, Bets double or nothing every single time. If he has $30,000 more than any other contestant, if it's the last question, he says, I'm betting it all every single time. And the audience gasps. You cannot believe the nerve of this kid who is clearly winning every single time. And he bets it all. And he wins every single time. And he has this outrageous fortune because of it. And it's just this, you, you get this life lesson like, yeah. When you get the chance, bet it all, all or nothing, double or nothing, and no fear. He has absolutely no fear. And I remember in my 20s, I didn't have any fear. And I wish I could get back to that place of just like, fuck it. It's a game. 
I'm just going to play the game. I was going to say, James, I think you lived your life that way. And well, look at uh-huh. you now. <laughs> exactly. I, I'm a wreck of a, of a man because of it. <laughs> but he also knows his shit, right, James? So he's not like um, blindly du- doubling. No, he no, knows no, no, he's no. going to get it, right? He yeah, can... no. And he has, like, he knows there, there are certain areas, you know, that he has, you know, if, it, if it's a science question, if it's a religion question, if it's a geography question, history, like he knows all of it. It's just amazing to watch the champions go at each other because it is just, it is hammer and tongs. It is just unbelievable to see how intelligent some people are. And there are times when I am surrounded by not so intelligent people, not present included, present company excluded. Present company included, right? I heard you. (laughs) But it is just refreshing for me to turn turn into Jeopardy each day. Just to your point, it's very hard to find any place or anything on television that has a modicum of intellectual power intelligence attached and to stimulation right. the way it does and yeah. i will get probably a fourth maybe a fourth to a half of the questions right on a good day so it's it's challenging James, do you have a alexa i don't oh because you play sometimes... you can play jeopardy with her that's all okay okay all right that's jeopardy james is thankful for jeopardy check your local listings number eight Number eight. I've got to be honest, this episode every year fills me with dread. And I lie awake at night thinking, what am I grateful <laughs> for? I'm not really grateful for anything because I'm a mean person. I remember person. you were grateful for crackers one year. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So I am grateful today for not having lost my mind yet. And there is a bit of a story here. So uh, Chris Hemsworth has his new show. It's called, oh gosh, what is it called? It's called Limitless, Nat Geo show, in which he does very extreme things like um, walking on a crane a thousand feet in the air. That's stress. Shock. He's in icy Arctic waters. Strength. Climbing a rope over a plunging Grand Canyon. It's for Nat Geo. Um, but the last episode, none of which I've seen, by the way, he faces his own mortality and goes into a retirement home. And they go to great lengths, apparently, and he talks to people about sickness, trauma, and loss, which sounds pretty brave because you, Chris Hemsworth is the Marvel superhero, super fit, and that is no doubt the emphasis. But they also do this look at mortality. And in the course of the series, he learns that he has a heightened predisposition for developing Alzheimer's. Hmm. So cut to... My sister came to stay with me um, for a couple of weeks. And this was a trip she was going to make before the pandemic, but then couldn't couldn't come because of the lockdown. And then my father passed away. And it was always like, well, once dad's gone, retirement, here I come. Dad's at peace. So what? Like a few weeks later, she gets a diagnosis that she has Alzheimer's. And it's such a sad thing to see. I mean... In many respects, it's lovely because she's happy and she's she's very frail. And it's like it is like seeing someone literally disappear before your eyes. But she's a sweet and lovely person. You know, as as the abilities get stripped away, you, there's there's this lovely, beautiful, radiant person there still. But it made me think selfishly. Well, if my sister has it, and if you know, maybe. You know, maybe me. Then that's why I'm grateful for still having my mind. And uh, James, as you knew it would, it would circle back into a self-promotional plug moment, right? 
because I'm grateful that I've still got my mind so far, somewhat, can't down, count down from 10 to 1, but I've written a book. I am so grateful. Now, I'm not here to plug the book. I actually have been thinking about this, that, you know, when we all do something, it's all about promoting it and getting out there and talking about it and being really focused. But really what I want to share is that I'm just so glad I've done it. And that it actually doesn't really matter. <laughs> it doesn't matter if anyone reads it. And sometimes I do lie in bed thinking, why would anyone read this? But it almost doesn't matter because I'm just so glad while I still have the relative lucidity that I was able to write this thing out. Because I do believe that television has been and media screens. It's, the book's called Screen Age. I do believe that screens have been this fantastic way for those people invisible and on the margins to be seen. And that that's the magic and joy of television. And so I'm grateful. I still have a bit of a mind. I'm grateful that I've written the book. And um, I think it sort of brings it back to something what, what Tom said, you know, that um, we all ultimately have more in common, even if we're on the margins and we're not visible, you suddenly realize through seeing them that the person who lives in Texas isn't so different from the person who lives in California, as yeah. you said last week, Tom. So, then to can I ask you a serious question? <laughs> would you ever get uh, whatever text that Crims Chris Hemsworth got to find out if you're pre? I think I would. Yes, I think I would. Because um, I think you know, it. There's not. I I do think so much of aging and mortality is connected to fear, but I do believe ultimately there is nothing to fear you know i think it was roger ebert said you know i don't remember before i was alive so yeah i'm sure i was fine then i'm sure i'll be fine after i'm dead you know that i think there's a sort of dread around these things but actually that can be dispersed by well, i think more of the the dread isn't afterwards it, it's how you get to the afterwards you know mm. I mean, it's like yes. that that the journey towards death right. is is what it can be very frightening no right. one wants to, to die right. a long slow painful death but as carrie fisher said if you lose your mind it's fine for you because you don't know you've lost your mind yeah <laughs> it's, it's everybody else's problem <laughs> my sweet methodist aunt margie said god rest your soul when my mom was real sick and suffering she said just imagine she said, you're a little baby and you're in the womb and everything's perfect. And all of a sudden there's contractions and you're being pushed and you're being shoved to this little hole and you come out and the lights are bright and you've been hit. She goes, that's one transition that leads to a beautiful life. Maybe the end is another transition. And I, it was so simple, but I just, she said it was such faith and beauty. You know, who knows? So when you die, God smacks you on the on the ass. and <laughs> I hope so. It says, it says, right here, James, you go straight through, straight through into the club, James. Welcome. <laughs> all right. And the other piece of good news is that you can all be thankful. It's Friday. It is Black, I can never say this, Black Fry Slay. That's a little bit of a mouthful. It's we're going to work on that for next year. I don't know if that was Black the best price. marketing. It, it doesn't perform well on the mouth, right? There's yeah. something a little bit. Anyway. <laughs> just write it down. You got to say it. See if it works. I it's think, a I Black Friday sale. When you come up with these things. <laughs> it's the it's it's sale at the WOW store. And you go to store.worldofwonder.com for all sorts of amazing deals. And by the way, that's where you can order Screen Age. Book by Fenton Bailey. Friesley, 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 We'll be right back after the break. 
but first, a question from Blake. Yes. Um, Fenton just mentioned Carrie Fisher, and I just learned this week, what actress accidentally added cocaine to her coffee instead of sugar when she visited Carrie Fisher? I just read this, and I'm completely blanking. That is such a great story. We'll have the answer after the break here on The Wear Report on Radio Andy. You're listening to World of Wonders Wow Report. Things that make us go wow. Welcome back to The Wow Report on Radio Andy. I'm Fenton with Tom and James and Blake because we're counting down the top 10 things that we are grateful for. And I am grateful for this question Blake just asked. <laughs> um, what actress accidentally added cocaine instead of sugar to her coffee when visiting WoW celebrity Harry Fisher? I want to say it was like <laughs> Diane Keaton or something, but it wasn't. It was somebody. Oh, I know. I just read this. I'm going to say Debbie Reynolds, even though I know I'm wrong. No. It, it wasn't like Morgan Fairchild or Lindsay Wagner. or I, Who was it, Blake? I, I'm being driven crazy. Fenton, do you know? I have no idea. It was Shirley MacLaine. Oh, that's right. And she said she'd never done co- cocaine before, so she didn't know. Well, which suddenly I everything makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> We are counting down the top 10 things that we are most grateful for. From 2022, we've reached number seven. Number seven. It's another person I'm very grateful for. Um, and I'll make this quick because it's not for the lascivious reasons you think, but I'm grateful <laughs> for Harry Styles. And not just because he's beautiful. And <sighs> not just because he's dreamy. And not just because <sighs> he has so much charisma you could, you could knock your head out with it. But I got to see his concert, which I went in great detail on an earlier show. And I said this, I think, then, but there, there, the, the stadium was filled with 14-year-old girls, these sweet, adoring fans. And his music has a spirit of inclusivity. He has lyrics that are sensitive, that don't seem to shame people, gay, straight, bi, trans. And they sing along with him every word in a way that I felt like was like going to church and hearing people do chants or, or sing along with the prayers. And I'm not saying Harry style is God, but, or even a preacher, but I love, I, I just, it dawned to me in the middle of the concert. And that's why I'm grateful that if the future is in partially in Harry and these 14 year old girls hands, we're going to be okay. They have, I, you know, there's, they're so far ahead of where I was at 14 in terms of, Knowing the world, you know, knowing you the were, different. You were doing that to Leif Garrett and to David Cassidy. It's but the they same. were singing Run Around Sue and I Woke right, Up right, in Love right. This Morning, not, you know, Matilda about, you know, a, a girl who has abuse and how she can make her own family and yeah. surround herself with love. Yeah. And you can just that kind of stuff. I'm saying this, this, yeah. the, the intensity of, again, and it's, it's pop music. It's not like it's, it's, um, you know, some, some jury lesson, but I just, it just, again, and maybe I'm just the grandfather there, literally a 14 year old girls, but just being able to see the young generation happy and full flower, you know, at the altar at this moment of Harry Styles. And it just made me happy that I, I got to see it that, and that he's, um, and that he's again, the, guy. he's good. Yeah. And it seems like there's a lot of like, Oh, music's awful as you get older. I don't like these people that it's like Harry Styles is the real deal. And I, I, I love him and I love, the girls 
I want to say that, Tom, you have got me watching Ed Sullivan every day at four o'clock in the afternoon. Ed Sullivan and then uh, Dick Cavett afterwards. And just like yesterday, uh, the Rolling Stones were on singing Let's Spend the Night Together. And the way the crowd was reacting and everything, and he had sort of a Mick Jagger-esque, yeah. like, gets the girls screaming the way that the Beatles and the Stones did in the 60s. There's a very, it's watching him move. It's the same way as Harry. It's very interesting to see the different generations of rock stars. But Harry is up there with Mick Jagger, as far as I'm concerned. With a great message, I think. Yeah. It's interesting, too, also, like, you know, the way that hysteria works. Because for a while, I think people thought that that didn't happen anymore. Yeah, but it is. It was that like the decibels of screaming, and it's just gorgeous. It's it's a nice feeling. To think and that. the female artist that got that out of girls was Madonna. Interestingly, you know, she set out. Set, you know, it, I feel like it's this repressed sexuality, expression, and emotion, and and some artists tap into it in a big, big way. And it's interesting mm-hmm. that Madonna. Well, and, and if you want to, if you have any doubts as to you know how big people are today, you know, big stars, what happened with Taylor Swift this past week. I'm you know, not thankful for tic- ma- Ticketmaster this week. <laughs> we are not thankful for Ticketmaster. <laughs> you can get Harry's House wherever you listen to music. So let's move on to number six. Number six. I was planning on doing Harry Styles as well uh, until Tom stole it from me. I was going to do, I was thankful for Harry Styles, Pete Davison, Timothy Chalamet, and I was going to do it for lascivious reasons. <laughs> but I have since decided that... I am thankful for the absolute hottest man on the planet, bar none. I'm just going to say it, President Vladimir Volensky. Oh, good choice. Yeah, you know, and I'm not diminishing who he is or what's happening or what he's doing. But as uh, Henry Kissinger said, there, um, uh, what is it? Power is the ultimate aphrodisiac. <laughs> and as we see... So often that, you know, Obama and Justin Trudeau can be hot and uh, do good at the same time. And, you know, people were throwing their panties at JFK <laughs> and Bill Clinton, and they were great friends. I think it's the same sort of charisma we see with Zelensky. I think he's absolutely Churchillian. I think history will be very, very good to him. I think he's hot, and I think he's he's good and shows strength in a way that we haven't seen in our leaders in a generation. Right, a generation. his beauty and his movie star good looks, yes. coupled with that strength of character in the worst of circumstances, is unbelievably. Yeah, you could not cast a better person for this. He is, and like I said, there's just that there's something that radiates. He just has charisma of the yin yang, and he just seems like such a good, good man. And um, I hope that he wins the Nobel Peace Prize. I hope he wins the war. I hope he goes on to do great things. And I hope he does a calendar where he's posed shirtless on a horse like Putin. I hope that's what the lesson he gets from Putin. (laughs) Any way you could help the Afghan people, I think, would be this calendar. You need to be behind it. (laughs) I'm pitching it. (laughs) Fundraiser. I hope he's people's sexiest man of the year, right? Because yeah, who is yeah. it this year? Uh, Chris Evans. Chris Evans, that's right. Chris Evans, yeah. yeah he's Chris Evans' is cutie patootie. Moving on, number five. Number five. Gratitude seems a weird way to frame this, but I want to talk about implosions. 
Years ago, Susan Powder won infomercial of the year in Las Vegas. And it happened to be the same night that Steve Wynn was demolishing the Sahara Hotel. And he was demolishing it with an implosion. He was having his pirate ships um, from uh, Treasure Island fire their cannons and blow up the Sahara, which imploded. And this was the same night that Susan Powder, stop the insanity, Susan yes. Powder, famous, was winning Best Infomercial of the Year. And she was so angry in her Susan Powder-esque way. I think it was mock. She was like, an implosion? How am I supposed to compete with an implosion? Because she was sort of explosive. All one long roundabout Rachel Maddow-esque way of saying, I think implosions are what's happening right now. Spectacular implosions, the likes of which we just haven't seen in a long time. Oh, Last night... Kanye and Elon Musk? Well, exactly. I was trying oh, okay. to think about what to be grateful for. and But I was glued to Twitter, reading about everyone had been locked out. People were locked inside a conference room. The guy who... Uh, controls the entry cards had been locked out as well. So I had no one, it, the whole thing was sort of like, I was like scrolling, 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 like in a way that I haven't been on Twitter forever. I and mean, then the, as everyone leaves, they give the salute emoji and there was just hundreds and hundreds of them last night as everybody walked out. And then oh, there's the fantastic. guy across the street projecting onto the Twitter building. But, He's but sort the, of best, this, the best was um, Space Karen. Did you Space see that <laughs> This litany of insults. And look, I know it seems like schadenfreude, which isn't really gratitude, but, but uh, this is a trend because Facebook what they just lost 22 billion on the metaverse he created the metaverse and fired the metaverse like right. all within a year right and right Benson, you were ready to move into the metaverse i'm so i was i know <laughs> what about <laughs> i was ready to buy some crypto i was ready to buy some <laughs> right? crypto currency. that's an implosion right there that's insane. another two billion has gone missing and that they're apparently all having meth-fueled orgies in the Bahamas or something wildly exotic and interesting. Then, of course, there's Kanye and uh, Liz Truss. Yes. Remember the head of lettuce? The, yes. This head of lettuce has actually outlived Kanye, Facebook, cryptocurrency, and probably Twitter. And watching some of the um, po politicians implode uh, in real time after oh, the yeah. election, like watching Kari Lake melt meltdown right. is delightful with all of your wishes of implosion i hope one line that trump stays in the, uh, the election to the very end because i uh, not to not to it's just like because he will rip that party apart and they'll get what they deserve right will implode. And, and, and this is why i think the moral of the story the reason why one's grateful is that these implosions have sort of exerted maybe an undue influence and to see them disappear creates opportunity for new things. And I think we've yes. been under the metaphorical tyranny of these things for too long. And well, well, I think that for the past uh, 10 years, we have been under this delusion that billionaire equals uh, intelligence and genius, and we need to follow them blindly. And I think this sort of, like you said, clears the air for a whole new era mm. of what really, who really is worthy of being, you know, admired. Which, when the Sahara was imploded all those years ago, yes. what hotel replaced it? The Win. Oh, there you go. The Win. And, and here's the... Susan Powder. What happened to her? 
I she was know. in a drag race many years ago. But I think, I mean, I write about her in my book, Screen Age. Um, I think she actually was a very important figure. I think her and Richard Simmons both defied stereotypes. They weren't people that would be on regular television, would ever be allowed. She was super butch. He was mass, fantastically sissy. But they didn't, they laughed all the way to the bank. They sold a shed load of products. And brought a lot of people joy. I loved watching yeah. Susan Powder. I love watching Get Richard. Yeah, yeah, and Richard Simmons too. So, uh, let's take a break. Exploding, not imploding. It's the Frog Destroyers, whose song "Naughty List" is out today on all music platforms. So you can get your Frog Destroyers. And oh, by the way, they will also be performing at RuPaul's Drag Con in the UK, January sixth, seventh, and eighth. At the XL, get your tickets at RuPaul'sDragCon.com. Can't wait. I know, right? Uh, Blake, do you have a question for us? Oh, of course I do. What hit song that we're all thankful for was released 30 years ago this month, November 17th, 1992, to be exact? We will have the answer in case any of you don't know right after the break here on The Wow Report on Radio Andy. You're listening to World of Wonders Wow Report. Things that make us go wow. Welcome back to the Wow Report. Fenton here with James and Tom and Blake. We're counting down the top 10 things of this year that we are most grateful for. And I asked the question, what hit song that we're all thankful for was released 30 years ago this month on November 17, 1992 to be exact? all say it together. We say it's a song that changed my life and all of our lives. One, two, three. Supermodel. Super oh, <laughs> I had something else in mind. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I'm not even going to say it. I'm so embarrassed. What now. is it? Of course. Supermodel. One, two, three. Supermodel. Supermodel. <laughs> Added bonus. The 17th of November is also RuPaul's birthday. So yep. Supermodel was released on his birthday. Wow. And James, because I can't resist, it's also the day my book, Screen Age, was published in the UK. Stop it. What? It, it, <laughs> All right. Narcissism. It okay. it's not, yeah. the, the, we need to have a meeting about this after this. <laughs> <laughs> um, the other just fun little note is that um, uh, Michelle Visage, part of Soul System, on the ninth track on the Bodyguard soundtrack was also hitting the charts 30 years ago now. Doesn't time fly? I mean, oh my God. But also the synchronicity, the lining up of things. Crazy, crazy. The Bodyguard came out in 92? I don't, I thought that it was like 94, 95. I'll be damned. We are counting down the top 10 things that we are most grateful for. We've reached number four. Number four. I didn't know that was going to be the trivia question. Maybe that was Blake's point to lead it in. But I'm going to say, and I'm a broken record, but I am eternally grateful to RuPaul's Drag Race. It is a job uh, 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 that I've had for 15 years. We're about to premiere our 15th, our 15th season. We go to London. I've been around the world three times, and I'm going a fourth time because of RuPaul's Drag Race. And we continue, you know, and, and thanks to Fenton. And it's, it's such a team, you know, it's all about RuPaul because without, you know, as I, as I like to say, and maybe RuPaul likes to say too, he's a motherfucking uh, marketing genius because he marketed drag to the entire world, this most taboo subject, this most, 
you know, not mainstream thing, this most threatening thing to so many cultures and, and some not, but, and, and then the Queens that come onto our show, the first one, I never forget the first season Queens. And we were all in this big experiment and something beautiful happened all together. And now year after year, these Queens have a place, a platform to tell their stories. Uh, they keep the show fresh and revigorating and just being with a group of people, world of wonder, Randy Fenton, who have, you know, been pushing, a rock up a hill for <laughs> generations in terms of just queer representation and, and drag and, and all that. And to have it be, you know, and, and I always say never underestimate the power of drag and the success of RuPaul's Drag Race, but also never overestimate it. We still mm. are not main mainstream. You know, there's still people that fight against it. There's, you know, these laws that exist. I think somewhat because of RuPaul's Drag Race, where you can't have drag queens and kids in the same room, you know, all that kind of those scare tactics that the, the right is trying to do. But I have met, when I first moved to LA, I worked at Gallon Mori Associates, Sandy Gallon's management company. And I was- and you had first, lunch with Elizabeth Taylor. A lot of times. Uh, and I, I was around in person just because of an assistant and that Dolly Parton, Whoopi Goldberg, Patti LaBelle, like A-list celebrities. And I quickly thought not because, and Whoopi Goldberg, not because any of them were mean to me. They were quite the opposite. I just realized that celebrities are like black holes of need. Like, like everybody wants a piece of them. And my ego is too big to be next to a celebrity. So I was like, I can't really be friends with celebrities. And I don't want to have a dark secret celebrity. But Drag Race is this perfect forum where all the most amazing celebrities in the world come and I get to meet them and interface with them as doing a job, prepping them. And it's just, it's a joyous way to just get a little moment with people. And everyone who comes on Drag Race, I always thank them so profusely, even today, because them being there, lending their talent, their star power, their, their following, just saying, I'm here and this is cool. This is, this is, this is, I dig it. Um, means everything in 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 getting our stories out there there's lots of stories to tell uh and rupaul's drag race we try to tell the stories of uh you know everybody but you know the common denominator is drag and queer and uh it's you know it's changed my life so thank you fenton and randy no, and, thank you. and thank you to rue but also to the 400 queens that's like that was an amazing wow. like 400 yeah. queens have walked the runway in 17 countries <laughs> Yeah. Um, over the last like 15 years, and it's that talent and and you know Rue's generosity of like giving that platform and that like lifting and them it, up. It continues to expand. Some people are like, oh, too much. But I got to tell you, nah. when, when you are in other regions of our country, and we we're dealing with them now, and we're, we're producing more and helping helping them learn how to produce the show. People bring their special queerness, their regional queerness, their yeah. lifelong queerness, and to express it through the show. That's the great thing that RuPaul and the show have given uh, a focus, something entertaining that sticks and allows people to have their voices uh, be heard and their and their stories be told. Anyway, I'm very grateful for that, and I and I don't want to take it for granted for one moment. James, you'll have to go to Drag Race Ukraine when the time comes. Ah. Uh. Uh oh, we lost James. <laughs> We're moving on to number. No, three. I was just thinking, how on earth am I going to top that? There's no way I can kiss ass in my next topic. I don't know what I'm going to do. How kick I'm going the to ass, James, kick ass. <laughs> I know. So let's just end it right now, Tom. You win. You get all the candy. You get the crackers from Fenton. We are such competitive siblings. I love that. Listen, go back. I was either doing RuPaul's Drag Race or my cats, and I thought I'd spare you the cat stories. <laughs> 
James, number three. Number three. I am so thankful to HBO for the House of, Dr- of the Dragon. I, if I could, I would make this a House of the Dragon radio show. I would talk about it every single damn week. I have learned a very important life lesson from this show as well as Jeopardy. I want to sort of break it down for you a little bit about what the show is about, because I know you two don't watch it. So what it is, is old King Viserys dies and he wanted his daughter, Princess Rhaenyra, to take the throne from him when he died to succeed him. But his new wife, Queen Alicent, puts her son, Prince Aegon, on the throne before Princess Rhaenyra even knows what's going on. So that sets up a split in the family, and it divides the kingdom in two, and there is a civil war that is the Dance of Dragons, because the dragons are all fighting in the sky. And that for the rest of the series, the first season is setting up this civil war that happens in this country, and the rest of the series is the Dance of the Dragons, the war, the civil war of pitting Princess Rhaenyra versus Team Black versus Team Green, okay? Team Green is is King Aegon, Team Black is Princess Rhaenyra. And by the second episode of this series, you have chosen a side, which side you are on, okay? And you dig into that side. And I am Team Black. I am Princess. I go. I am for Princess Rhaenyra. Okay. And when you go on social media, it makes the drag queen. It makes the drag race queens. It makes the Swifties, the Beliebers. It makes them all look like like choir boys. Okay. <laughs> These people are so nasty. They are so dug their heels into which side that they want. And if you are Team Green, Allison and King Aegon. Everything they do is wrong. Everything they do is just despicable. They are horrible people. There is nothing redeeming about them. And if me, like me, I can't understand how that team green even exists. These are terrible people. They are just the worst. Like, how could you ever, ever like anything that Queen Allison does? And you get angrier and angrier and angrier. And it made me realize about halfway through that this is America. This is a metaphor for the left and the right. This is Democrats and Republicans, right wings and libtard snowflakes. And the, the name calling on each side and the fact that I, no matter what, will never understand Team Black. Never, never, ever, ever. And it's I will never understand Trumpers. Ever, ever, ever. And they will never understand me. And it makes me realize that I am just as bad in my you know steadfastness, in my intractability, as the Republicans are. And it made me sort of soften a little bit about like, well, they, if I really look, I can see, you know, in this, in the show, nobody is really good. Nobody is really bad. There's shades of gray. And you just, like I said, you pick a war criminal and you go with them because they're going to kill a thousand people. They're going to do bad shit, but you're going to defend them to the very end. And it's the same thing with, you know, you you pick Trump and you're going to defend him no matter what he does. And it's the same thing as these people. So I really learned a lesson of forgiveness and understanding and tolerance from this show that I hadn't had this time last year. That's beautiful. And I can already see it. You're a softer, kinder, gentler James St. James. (laughs) Well, thank you. I'm I'm wondering if we should just all carry Snickers bars, like little fun sizes with us. And when we meet someone we don't like, we go, hey, would you like a Snickers bar? I think everybody likes Snickers. 
Oh, I thought you meant we we're supposed to throw it at them. Yeah, like, <laughs> find something Clearly, wants. somebody is not softer. Any M and M's with peanuts and without peanuts, just in case. There you go. There you go. Which are you? Yes. Beautiful. Are you, are you okay, a left that's... Twix or a right Twix? I have both. House of Dragon. Uh, House of Dragon on HBO Max. Twix. Yes. Season two, I guess, will be coming soon. Yes. Number two. Number two. I was going to be thankful for Earl Grey tea, which I drink about a liter of every morning. But instead, I want to talk about a coming attraction. Um, It's a Christmas movie that I don't think you've heard about. And Lord knows there are a lot of Christmas movies coming out. This one is called Coming Home for Christmas. Oh, Oh, that sounds very sweet. Burned out. It does, right? Burned out New York City attorney Dan Saxon has had it with the frenetic grind of the big city. So he goes to California to spend Christmas with his brother. And it seems that the family bakery they run is struggling to keep its doors open. Oh, no. And they're considering selling the company to the local Scrooge. Unless they they receive a sizable dessert order by Christmas Eve. And Ah. what could that order be? Dan just might be able to restore some holiday joy and save the family business, even if it means landing on top and bottom of Sandy's naughty list. Well, this so, sounds. This is taking a weird turn. I have a feeling might not be in this one. For a hometown yuletide yank, where the cakes are moist, the cookies are frosted, and the prodigious packages promise everyone a creamy white Christmas. Huh, what's going on? <laughs> This is called Coming Home for Christmas, C-U-M-M-I-N-G. It's streaming on falconstudios.com from (laughs) November 25th. It stars Carl Maddox, Trevor Brooks, Dakota Payne, who was in the- I love piece of Dakota Payne. (laughs) In 24 Hours of Love with Vanjie. It's written by Ben- Wait, what? Dakota Payne is in 24 Hours of Love with Vanjie. Oh, I thought you said Vanjie was in this. (laughs) If you look closely, it's written by Ben Rush uh, uh, and directed by Ben Rush with Steve Cruz, and uh, it's up for uh, the the Ben Ben Rush, the director, is up for a Gavian uh, for his best best director for Bread and Breakfast, the Come In. I mean, what? How can you not be thankful for this? You're reading it like it's all foreign to you. I understood everything and every reference that you said. The, the, the bread and breakfast, I've, I, Josh Moore is in that. And um, I, I, I am not a fan, I think I've said this on the show, I am not a fan of Christmas hats and porn. I don't, don't do that to me. They always are like, this one sounds like a full-fledged production, so I'm going to check it out. But, um, but when they just put on like hats and have sex and it's like, oh, it's, I'm like, ugh, get the holidays over. I'm very touched on that you thought I was reading it like it was foreign. That was my performance. So that you didn't think that I know all about it. Benson, are you wearing a mask? Are you somehow like have a secret cameo in this movie by any chance? Did World of Wonder produce this? Is this are you actually t- uh, pitching this? <laughs> am I actually uh am I the director? Uh, yes. what's his name? Ben Rush. Ben Rush. That sounds like something you up. Just in in, in a side, almost related note, QVC has released its first ever program. And they have a Christmas movie that looks really cheap. But David Venable, you know, the happy dance, he plays, it's called like hot chocolate or something. 
And it's like they're selling hot chocolate, I think, is what it is. At the end of the movie, they're going to go back to the air and they're going to sell hot chocolate. Oh, that sounds so great. I'm so excited about that. Serendipity from New York. Serendipity hot chocolate. I love David Venables because his mouthgasms, like on Sunday morning, he's always going, just giving it, like putting things in his mouth and just loving them. So from mouthgasms to other kinds of gasms, it's a, it's a, Ho, ho, ho. It's a gasmy Christmas. It's a gasmy <laughs> Thanksgiving. <laughs> All right. We'll take one more break and then we'll reveal the number one thing that makes us go out, which is also a surprise special guest. I can't believe we haven't been trailing that throughout the whole show. Just been like. I love this new format, Pete, where we introduce someone at number one. It's very sexy. I like we should it. do that more often. Yeah. yeah. All right. You're listening to the Wire Report on Radio Andy. We'll be right back after the break. You're listening to World of Wonders Wow Report. Things that make us go wow. Welcome back, everyone, to this week's edition of the Wow Report. I'm Fenton here with Tom and James. We've been counting down the top 10 things that we're most grateful for. <laughs> the things, James, that make, the things that make us go wow and yay and thank you thank you <laughs> very excited to reveal our number one number one we're joined by our special guest Gigi taylor you oh are the God. star one of the stars of leave it to Gigi, which i am saying is the boldest most original unscripted show of the year Oh Amen. my God! Wow! That's That's <laughs> Praise so cute. the Lord! Pass the turkey! <laughs> and what's, what, what, one of the many, many things that's so great about it is that you are dealing, you are raising a child with autism, but you completely turn the whole thing inside out, upside down. Instead of not talking about it, instead of being depressed about it, yes. you say, This is a gift, not a burden, and I live with a child star, which Pooty certainly is, right? I, mean, I love saying I live with a child star. <laughs> He's such a child star. He has the attitude of a star. He's an asshole like a star. <laughs> He's handsome like a star. What's that? He's handsome like a star. He is. He's so hot. He looks so good right now because for fun, he just ripped all of his hair out at summer camp and came home from camp with like holes all in his hair. And it just killed me because I always think he looks really hot like Elvis. And then all of a sudden he looked like, he just looked like a criminal. Or he looked like he was going through awful cancer treatment or something. Let me tell you something though, Geege. I did that in the 90s and it was very hot. I had chunks of hair. You just pulled chunks out? It was very fashionable. Tell him he he could not rock. I feel like Pootie can rock every look because he's so hot. And he's got (laughs) a great body and he gets real tan. And I'm like, that's just the one thing you can't rock. He just, it looks so bad. But it finally, after like three months, it grew in. So I'm feeling uh-huh. better. Well, that is good really news. Strong. Because if you yeah. look at James, if you can see James on, on yeah, this, tell Pudi this he pulled is out his hat. That was it. <laughs> I love the ball. Look at that. See, all oh, what happens when you pull ball. your hair out. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't take any hair advice from any of us based on how we look right now. I think you look beautiful. I love the bald look. Just keeping with the theme, I have to say that Jeej is what I'm grateful for this year. Getting oh. to know you through this process, having your show premiere on Lifetime, having it live for a long, long time, forever on Lifetime.com, I believe. And, and Hulu. Just, and Hulu, Tom. Thank you. I'm on Hulu now. I'm so excited that we got on Hulu this summer. So, yeah. 
but it's really, and, and Fenton summed it up beautifully, but you really are someone, and not to, not to canonize you because you're not an angel by any means. Sure, sure. But, no, but the way, the, what, what life has dealt you and how, and in many ways, and how you've dealt with it is a, is a real inspiration to me, and I think to the rest of us, anybody who gets to know you or spends time watching the show, because it is, it isn't the, you know, again, it's, there's no one cure for everything, but life is so much not about what happens to you, but how you react to it and, and your reactions and your um, appreciation of uh, the overwhelming is just so exciting and, and fun and, and you're fun to be with. We pitched this show for a long time. It was, we- it took a minute. I think yeah. people weren't ready to tackle autism. I really no. think that's what it was. I don't think it's that the story wasn't there or that we didn't have great, you know, the, the cast of characters is amazing, you know, and it's like, I think that it just wasn't the time, but I think now there's so much more talk about it. Um, and like love on the spectrum won an Emmy this year, which was Mm -hmm. amazing. And so I just think that there's, I think the timing is right for this. I think people are ready to hear it. I wish they would have wanted to hear it earlier, but you know, at least, Hey, I'm glad we're doing it now. And then the selfish, a result of it not selling for so long and being able to pitch this show again and again with you is nothing makes you closer to like, like quick bonding than to take someone's life story out and pitch it time after time and be in the car and deal with the reactions of the executives. It's really a lifetime bonding experience. That's how I feel about. Uh, no, it is. I love y'all so much for sticking with me. I, I am so, so fortunate to be part of the wow family. You guys are all so dear to me and just to stay with me because you always think like in Hollywood, you don't make it your yesterday's news. Nobody ever answered your call again, you know? Well, there's no such thing is, is a has been for world of wonder. Beautifully said, Jay. I wonder what you are thankful for this year. If you want to tell us what, what your Thanksgiving is like. Oh, yeah, what Thanksgiving is like in your household. Okay. If you, it you would be was like. Yes, yeah, it's it's like. the unvarnished truth. Everybody's mad at me because I made the order for Thanksgiving and it's all catered by Cracker Barrel. Are you familiar? <laughs> <laughs> Everybody's so mad at me because of the, you know, you love it. You love the Cracker Barrel. Oh, show. yeah. I love Blake, it. Blake, Blake is a Cracker Barrel boy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you can't go wrong. It's it's delicious, soft taste, you know? So <laughs> I'm, I'm excited. we got a lot of elderlies coming over. We just need that to go down easy. And um, my sister was really pissed. But anyway, so we're going to do that. My ex-husband will be here. Wow. That's, nice. That's Good. always a treat. Um, and then, yeah, that's what we'll be just having the family. Um, I mean, nothing really. It's we have sort of a low key that we gamble on holidays because we get okay. kind of bored. It's that kind of obligatory forced family fun. And my family has so much fun together, so it's really not that lacking. But I mean, at some point, it is kind of you know everybody's full and kind of bored. And so, um, yeah, we gamble and we throw, we, you cannot walk in the door unless you bring $10 and we throw all the money. We start shooting dice and uh, (laughs) (laughs) we do. And the pot gets big. My sister and I both put in like a hundred dollars to make it real dicey. Uh uh It gets really exciting. And then we play (laughs) hide and seek in the dark and put on scary music. And we shut all the lights and we all like <laughs> old people do it. Pootie does it. And Pootie's the worst because we'll take him around and he'll hide like behind curtains and you're trying to find him. And we're playing that mu- music like from, I can't remember, like Halloween where it goes, kill, 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 kill. Oh no, yeah. Everybody's so scared and Pootie's so fucking scared. And then Pootie's behind the curtains just going, eh. 
and you, <laughs> and you put your hand up his mouth you're like shut the fuck up and then the person who finds you comes and slits your throat and then you have to lay on the ground and be dead it just it's a thing and we do it and it makes it so much better for families to gamble and play that scary hide and seek game because all of a sudden everybody's having fun there's no drama the family that slays together stays together. Yes. Yay. Yes. And that's how we do it. That is how we do it. And we drink a lot. We get a lot. I'm not a really well, big drinker, but I do on holidays. You know, if I asked you to plug the show, you couldn't have done it better than that story. So thank oh, you. Oh, so great. great. There's still a lot of people who don't, haven't seen it yet are still discovering Leave It to Jeed. So I'm glad we you got the great thank thing. you for everything and to hear, and to hear what you're doing. You know what I did the other day, just speaking of plug in the show i was like i wish the cameras were rolling tyler was on a class like a zoom class with about 20 people and i didn't know he was doing it and his back was to the door and i walked in and he's got the computer in front of him and i was like oh my god i've got the worst hemorrhoids right now they're killing like, i'm gonna go back. and i was dead serious i was like i'm gonna go get a donut pillow this shit hurts so bad it feels like herpes and then he just was like and he slammed the he put the mute on he goes that's a whole class in there. And they're like, who, who do you live with who has herpes? And he's like, this like 60-year-old bitch. And they're like, the whole class knows like my hemorrhoid situation. And yeah, I was like, really for that. But yeah. So the whole Torn down was- another taboo. Bless you. Bless you. Uh-huh. We are, grateful for, we are grateful for you. We are grateful for Pootie. We're grateful for your hemorrhoids, for slaying your whole family, <laughs> and for just bringing light and love and laughter into our life. And so I am grateful you. for you guys. I love my Wow family. I love you for sticking with me, and I hope we just keep doing it for years and years to come. I love you all. You're so dear, and you're dear friends. Are you going to throw me out now? Am I saying? Well, no. I'm going to. I'm going to sign off. Actually, I'm going to say. Thank you for tuning in to the Wow Report. I'm going to say thank you, Jeej. I'm going to say thank you, Tom. Okay. Thank you, James. Thank James you, Blake. Also, thank you, Andy, thank for you. having us on your radio channel. And thank you, everybody out there, for listening. Yes. This has been our special thank you, Things of Gratitude episode. Same time, same place next week. Until then, go out and do something that makes the world go Wow!